last. I felt what tennis players or golfers do when the stroke is as sweet as it can be. The line shot out with a slight upstream curve. The leader turned over just as the book said it should. The fly parachuted softly onto the water. The transparent current bore it past the rock, and the fish rose to it. Fifteen minutes later, I had him on the bank, a deep-bodied rainbow. I made a fire of snowgum twigs, and when it had burned down, roasted him in the embers for lunch. The charred skin and scales came clean away, and his fish was a deep pink from his diet of crayfish. I ate every scrap of him. I never tasted anything as delicious or as sacramental. Later, on the way back to the road, it occurred to me that I had at last done something in relation to fish of which my father would have fully approved. But he was dead, and beyond approving anything. That fixed belief in the superiority of fly fishing for trout over all other ways of angling, held by my father and so many others like him, where did it come from? Evidently, class. It hardly existed before the English in the nineteenth century turned it into a mystique. Then it spread from England to America, and to the rest of the European-based world. The earliest known reference to fly fishing occurs in De Natura Animalium. On the Nature of Animals by Aelian, a Roman writer of the late second and early third centuries A.D., who described how it was done by Macedonians on a river called the Astreus. The fish in question may or may not have been trout, but they were partial to a large insect locally known as a hippurus, resembling a bumblebee, but useless as bait because its delicate wings shrivelled at human touch. So the cunning Macedonians wrapped the hook in scarlet wool, and to the wool they attached two feathers that grow beneath a cock's wattles and are the colour of wax, producing a bee-like, furry-bodied fly with wings. This, Aelian says, deceived the fish every time. He makes no claim that this was a nobler way of catching fish, only that it worked. There was no noble way of taking fish, because fish themselves weren't noble. Their pursuit was an entirely plebeian occupation. Hunting was noble, the sport of kings and of gods. It was a means of transcendence. You proved your heroism, your fitness to command, by going up against, say, a wild boar in the woods of Thessaly with a spear. The ancient world assigned no imputation of bravery to catching a mullet. Compared to the body of myth and legend that gathered around hunting, the ancient symbolism of fishing is quite meagre. This would change with the coming of Christianity, but it remains a mystery why the fish became a Christian symbol. Its precedents were slight. The Syrians, for instance, had a religious respect for fish that, according to Xenophon, Anabasis chapter 1, verses 4 through 9, impressed the Greeks. The ritual sacrifice of fish was not uncommon in the ancient world, and in particular, it was.